difficulty. Now, what do you say? I said that I would come to him at the battery early in the morning. Say, Lord, strike you dead if you don't, said the man. I said so, and he took me down. Good, good night, sir, I faltered. Much of that, said he, glancing about him over the cold, wet flat. I wish I was a frog or an eel. He limped towards the church wall, and he looked in my young eyes as if he were eluding the hands of the dead people. When I saw him turning, I was frightened again and ran home without stopping. My sister, Mrs. Joe Gargery, was more than twenty years older than I, and had established a great reputation with the neighbours because she'd brought me up by hand. Knowing her to have a hard and heavy hand, and to be much in the habit of laying it upon her husband as well as upon me, I supposed that Joe Gargery and I were both brought up by hand. She was not a good-looking woman, my sister, and I had a general impression that she must have made Joe Gargery marry her by hand. Joe was a fair man with eyes of such a very undecided blue that they seemed to have somehow got mixed with their own whites. He was a sweet-tempered, easy-going, dear fellow. When I ran home from the churchyard, Joe was sitting alone in the kitchen. "'Mrs. Joe has been out a dozen times looking for you, Pip. She's out now making it a baker's dozen.' "'Is she?' "'Yes, Pip.' said Joe, and what's worse, she's got Tickler with her. Tickler was a wax-ended piece of cane worn smooth by collision with my tickled frame. Pip, she's a-coming. Get behind the door, old chap. Mrs. Joe, throwing the door wide open and finding an obstruction behind it, immediately applied Tickler to its further investigation. She concluded by throwing me, I often served as a connubial missile, at Joe, who passed me onto the chimney and quietly fenced me up there with his great leg. "'Where have you been, you young monkey?' said Mrs. Joe. "'I've only been to the churchyard,' said I, crying and rubbing myself. "'Churchyard!' repeated my sister. "'You'll drive me to the churchyard betwixt you one of these days.' As she applied herself to the tea-things, Joe peeped down at me over his leg. It was Christmas Eve, and I had to stir the pudding for next day with a copper stick from seven to eight by the Dutch clock. "'Hark!' said I, when I'd done my stirring. "'Was that great guns, Joe?' "'Ah!' said Joe. "'Here's another convict off. "'There was a convict off last night after sunset gun.' "'If I slept at all that night, "'it was only to imagine myself drifting down the river "'on a strong spring tide to the prison hulks. "'As soon as the great black velvet pall outside my little window "'was shot with grey, I got up and went downstairs, "'every crack in every board calling after me, "'Stop, thief!' "'I stole some bread, some rind of cheese,' about half a jar of mincemeat, some brandy from a stone bottle, diluting the stone bottle from a jug in the kitchen cupboard, a meat bone and a beautiful pork pie. I got a file from among Joe's tools, then I ran for the misty marshes. I had just crossed a ditch when I saw the man sitting before me. He was nodding forward, heavy with sleep. I touched him on the shoulder. He instantly jumped up, and it was not the same man. And yet this man was dressed in coarse grey, too, and had a great iron on his leg. He swore an oath at me, made a hit at me that missed, and then ran into the mist. "'It's the young man,' I thought, feeling my heart shoot as I identified him. I dare say I should have felt a pain in my liver, too, if I'd done where it was. I was soon at the battery after that, and there was the right man. I opened the bundle and emptied my pockets. "'What's in the bottle, boy?' "'Brandy.' He was gobbling mincemeat, meat-bone, bread, cheese, and pork-pie all at once, and often stopping, even stopping his jaws, to listen. 
I'm afraid you won't leave any of it for him, said I timidly. Who's him? said my friend, stopping in his crunching of pie crust. The young man that was hid with you. Oh, ah, he returned with something like a gruff laugh. Him? Yes, yes. He don't want no whittles. I thought he looked as if he did, said I. The man regarded me with the keenest scrutiny. Where? Yonder, said I, pointing. I found him nodding asleep and thought it was you. Didn't you hear the cannon last night? Why, see now, said he, when a man's alone on these flats, perishing a cold and want, he hears nothing all night but guns firing and voices calling. But this man, did you notice anything in him? He had a badly bruised face, said I. He crammed what little food was left into the breast of his grey jacket. Show me the way he went. Give us hold of the file, boy. I indicated in what direction the mist had shrouded the other man, and he was down on the wet grass filing at his iron like a madman.